Greetings, and welcome to Loaded Cart Gaming's coverage of E3, Sony Edition. Your reigning and defending E3 champion. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I'm Paul, he's Dan, it's a Loaded Car Podcast, it's E3 coverage, we're on Sony, let's fucking do this. Just two more to go, Paul, just two more to go. Then the actual wrap-up podcast, then we can finally be done with E3 this year. Mm-hmm. On the bright side, I actually got some sleep today. Nice. But these are the hard part. The hard part is like the individual reviews, I think. The, the overall thing would just be super easy if we did it by itself. But yeah, but at the, the fact same- that we're we're going through each one like step by step, this is what makes it grueling. Yeah. <laughs> at, at, <laughs> kind at the same of. time, though, I, I do like the reward that comes with it because we have getting been getting quite a bit of positive feedback about our E3 coverage. Yeah. Anyway, so Sony opens with the usual festival of "Hey, we're Sony." The basically the the intro weird, video weird of, live music that they have yeah. done the past two years. I don't know if they yeah. did it the year before. But I don't. I wasn't. I didn't. Attention. I didn't watch 2015. We started the podcast. Yeah, we, we your coverage that year, did we? No, nope, because we, we started it after that. I think. Yeah. Anyway, maybe. I don't um, know. <laughs> then they had this weird um, patterned waterfall. Is the only yeah. thing I could really. At first, it. it was just a giant waterfall, and I was just like, "That's okay. neat." I don't know why, but sure, why not? Sure. Then all yeah. of a sudden it started dropping in patterns that matched the music tone. and uh, yeah. yeah, that was what was funny. Instead of a giant full orchestra this year, they had like an Indian raga band, kind of? I guess. I, I couldn't tell you what the what the type of music it was. Yeah. Just You can watch the spotlight for it. There's a trailer on it that has the opening to it. But I... I if you know the music, let me know, please, because I'm genuinely curious. I don't know if if Dan's right. Confirm. Oh, I'm pretty sure that it's like the like last year. The opening music was from uh, the hell is the name of that game? God of sure. War Four. Oh, okay. And so this one, I'm sure, was the lead is off from game, which is Uncharted: The Lost Legacy. Legacy. So, as people who are big fans of Uncharted know, and Dan informed me. Um, you're no longer playing as Nathan Drake. You're playing as a new character who has not been identified as of yet. Um, well, it looks like an Uncharted. Not identified in this trailer. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I, they've probably told everyone her name and whatnot during E3 because there's been tons of other peripheral coverage for all of these games and stuff. We're just we're literally just going to focus on the press conferences. Mm-hmm. I. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm. I, I don't know. know. I haven't. I haven't looked into it, but I'm pretty sure you're, they're gonna. They want people to know who the main characters of their games are. I would so. think so, unless they're just keeping it a secret and just teasing you with it until you buy the game. Maybe which could work. Either way, it looks like an Uncharted. If you enjoy the games in the past, you'll probably enjoy this one. <laughs> That's really all I can say about it because they didn't really go into much. Society. It was a story trailer. Yeah, which My, ironically didn't actually tell you any story. Yeah. My joke about it was that, well, at least Dotty Dog isn't even beating around the bush anymore. It's just being a Tomb Raider riff off now that it's a female protagonist. I get it. At the same time, they're still both good franchises on their oh, own. Oh, I know. So I'm not going to be too upset about that. I know. It's just, 
Uncharted always was kind of joking around as the uh, the male version of Tomb Raider, I think, or like the the scotch. lesser lesser Indiana Jones. I think you're absolutely right. I'm gonna need more scotch. Yep. So, of course. So then the funny part is, so after the giant waterfall thing, uh, it started snowing in the theater, and this is something you said you didn't notice when we talked about it the other night. But yeah, like I, they they actually had like a a practical effect where they had like you know the snow machines because a lot of old theaters have that the ability to do that because yeah. uh, it's used in a lot of like christmas plays and stuff like that mm -hmm. uh so they made it snow in the theater which is kind of funny and then they used that to sequence into the first dlc for horizon zero dawn which got a pretty good reception from the crowd yeah, like a pretty it was good a big pop. pop yeah i mean horizon zero dawn was one of the big big games for as a launch title for the ps4 people mm -hmm. loved it so that's not a surprise that the first waste yeah. is going to get such a big pop yeah it was it looks good i mean it yeah and the weird thing was is it was hard to tell whether they were announcing a new game or whether they were like announcing a sequel or they were announcing dlc because you wouldn't think they would just like oh yeah this is just the first dlc for the game here's a giant trailer for it like i don't hey. know with a big pop like that and how big a reception it got as yeah i mean they like, did the right thing but yeah i mean aloy is back so you're playing a sir again i imagine it, it looks oh yeah interesting I, I i didn't play horizon zero dawn i should yeah. because i now own a ps4 but i haven't played it yet yeah um good things yeah it, it's actually like one of the best new ips that have has come out which is you know saying a lot mm-hmm because it's it's made them a ton of money so yeah they're gonna milk it for everything it's worth <laughs> and speaking of new ips uh the next one comes up with i don't think it started until later on but days gone we were i think we were both pretty hyped about this last year i know i was yeah, it, it looked really good the the giant long gameplay trailer from last year where the guy was like running through buildings and just giant hordes of zombies coming after him was was yeah. really cool to see the awesome part about this trailer was that there were almost no zombies in it. Yeah, which, I mean, they there was, were there. They were present. It's just that it yeah. wasn't the focus. Yeah, there, there was a lot of zombie animals, like wolves and... There was a zombie fucking a bear. bear. Like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck? It was coated in barbed wire. It was clearly about to fuck shit up. Mm -hmm. So th the trailer had the story of your... I don't know who the what the biker's name was that you're playing as, yeah. but he's on. He's trying to find Manny, who is the the guy who is apparently the only one who is able to repair a carburetor in this particular universe. But it it shows the only him. One he knows at least, you know. Yeah, it it shows him just kind of uh, moving off on his motorcycle, then uh, ending up. Uh, I think he did he just uh, ground the bike. I don't remember what happened with that. He got in a, a wreck. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't know and, what caused it, it, but. I thought they assaulted him, and he uh, he took him out. Oh yeah, if I remember correctly. They did. Anyway, um, he got attacked. He yeah, he he keeps going on Manny's trail on foot. Uh, ends up luring zombies into a camp of raiders, and mm -hmm. then finds Manny. And then the trailer ends as soon as the zombie bear gets up on its hind paw on legs. And it was just yeah okay. I'm super interested in this game now. Even though I was really hyped last year, I'm yeah. even more hyped now. The one of the interesting things 
the effects that they did for this game was that they had a bunch of dead bodies like drop down next to the giant screen on stage. So there was just like literally dead zombies hanging in the theater. And uh, this comes in to play because <laughs> what happens next is the only presenter to come out for Sony finally comes out now. It's been f- like 15 minutes into the presentation yep. and the first like human being walks on stage and he's just like, man, they didn't tell me about that. Like w- we didn't have zombies hanging from the ceiling at the rehearsal last night. <laughs> and I don't know whether that was like an intentional comment or him just like cracking a joke. Like, cause he had really good delivery for it if it was a scripted bit, yeah. but. They was, probably didn't tell him. It probably was not at the rehearsal because that probably cost him a fair chunk of change. Yeah. Like he had to, apparently had to step over a couple of dead bodies to get on stage. <laughs> and he was like, well, that's that's a first that's for me. <laughs> the next um, one. Yeah. The good part about this is, and we'll, we'll, we can talk about this now a little bit, is that like, one, this was the only presenter who ever came out. He's yes, the same guy who was there last year. He's He's one of their like directors of something or other. CEO. He might be the Sony America. America. Yeah. Anyway. Um, But yeah, he comes out. He talks about how, you know, VR is the big up and coming thing. And they're they're working to lead the way when it comes to gaming and VR. And that they like every year want to focus on games. Mm -hmm. And then like literally is like peace out. And in less than three minutes is off the stage again. Like they do not screw around for Sony. Like he just he's gone. And as soon as he's off the stage, it slams into the next trailer, which is for what looks like um, a sleeper hit for me because mm-hmm. I played a couple of the previous titles and they were they're okay, but they were on 3DS and the controls just didn't mesh well for 3DS. But Monster Hunter World, it was the next trailer up, and I am hype. It looks amazing, and I, I imagine that it's going to be multiplayer like the previous Monster Hunter titles. In fact, Monster Hunter World suggests it's going to be possibly an MMO. Yeah, well, they're all quasi... So I'm looking at an article right now on PC Gamer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says... Uh, Wait, we're not supposed to do news? This is a freaking E3 podcast. Yeah, it's news on this game we're talking about. Uh, it will support up to four-player drop-in co-op. So, like previous titles. Yeah. It's drop-in, drop-out co-op, which is good because they're not breaking the formula that they had that it's been mm-hmm. so successful. It, I didn't get a release date on this, but it looks freaking awesome, and I'm hoping that they fix control issues that were prevalent in the 3DS titles. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it will get a PC release, so I might actually play it. I will and, buy it on uh, PC and play it with you. Early 2018 is the... So- is the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One release dates. And I then probably will, like a few months later, release the PC port. And then PC coming after that. Yeah. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully, I'll like, I'll, it looked really cool. Like the hunting giant dinosaurs yeah. looked really fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. So early I mean, 2018. I, the previous games were a lot of fun. Like yeah. I, I didn't, I, I didn't played, dislike them. I just got frustrated with the, the controls. Yeah. I played, I think, one of them for might have been the PSP. It was either the PSP or one of the Game Boys. Yeah. One of the DS ones. And I don't know. It was it was interesting because it because 
that one i mean the combat system was a lot like fantasy star online so therefore it was kind of fun but yeah 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 it's there yeah um so speaking of hunting giant monsters yes <laughs> Go for it. the next game they showed off is an hd remake of shadow of the colossus which was originally for the playstation 2 and is now coming out for the most recent gen of consoles and looks even more beautiful than it used to which i mean it looked pretty damn good for its time yeah it, it and, aged recently well too yeah and it's still a really cool concept for a game where it's basically just like a bunch of giant boss fights where you're like this little dude and you have a horse and like a bow and arrow and a sword and you have to kill these enormous monsters by like climbing on them and hacking stuff apart and hunting them down and i don't know it's it's still like a really cool concept that there's no little minions to fight at all yeah, like it's, it's just, just giant this, boss these giant crazy boss fights it's just the uh, six colossi right yeah i can't remember if it's six or eight but Either yeah there's, way. There's, there's just a bunch of giant monsters and that's it um if you haven't played shadow of the colossus uh and have played more recent game titles like the more recent castlevania games uh -huh. they had a similar mechanic in the castlevania boss fights like uh, lords of shadow had a similar mechanic where you're climbing on bosses and taking them down in a similar fashion not quite the same because the castlevania game uh, lords of shadow was not as good as this game but <laughs> yeah it's still it's still a good game but i i feel like this is a much more beloved game even though oh, yeah, this, this game that. has a ton of fans, so yeah. Um, moving on from there, oh, this will be out in 2018, by the way. Um, and moving on from there was a new Marvelous Capcom game, Marvelous Capcom Infinite. It had a story yep. trailer, looks really cool. Basically, the entire Marvel Marvel and Capcom universes are uniting against one foe, including Thanos, which I thought yeah. was kind of an interesting move. Yeah, it looks like it's like Ultron going after the Infinity Gauntlet, yep. kind of. Seems like that's like what I got out of the trailer. Yeah, they were collecting, they were trying to collect the Infinity Stones and mm -hmm. Thanos was like, okay, I'll help. Um, the In fact, uh, if you want to check it out, the story demo is available today. You can go download that. Oh, nice. Up next was uh, Call of Duty World War II. And uh, yep, it's a Call of Duty game. Yeah. It's kind I, of a shame that they they went from trying something really cool with Infinite Warfare back to like, oh, here, let's go back to World War Two because, well, it, well, fuck, we're boring. It flopped so hard, though. Unfortunately, I mean, it, it figures that the one game from Call of Duty that both of us were interested in is the one that flops so fucking hard. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. It it's. I would rather a gaming company take risks and do interesting and new things rather than just recycling the same old dumb shit over and over again. And that's like, I don't know where Wolfenstein, the new Wolfenstein is interesting is because it just like totally says, screw you to world war two and just make shit up. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it flat is an alternate history. And I love yeah. that. Like, um, I know now, at least one person's going to enjoy it, so it'll be out yeah. November third of this year. Yeah. It's it'll be out the first week of November, just like every other Call of Duty game ever released. 
that's a damn fine point. I think November the 11th is might be the latest one has ever come out, but they're they're all like it's always the beginning of November. You can you can probably set a watch to it. So for the next one, I have one line of notes for this because this is where the the uh, VR gauntlet started happening. Like yeah. they started releasing all the VR trailers. And the one line of note I have for this game is please stop re-releasing Skyrim. <laughs> my my comment for Skyrim VR was if you thought Fallout 4 VR looked wonky. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the sword and shield flailing around with the, the PlayStation con- move controls. <laughs> uh, you know, and and it, I, again, like Fallout 4, I'll say the same thing. This could really be good. Like, it could be a really fun way to play Skyrim. Yeah. If you've if you've already put, you know, 30,000 hours into Skyrim, which some people have, like, this could yep. be a really fun experience. However, I'm pretty sure everyone in the world would rather see Elder Scrolls 6 than fucking Skyrim VR. Yep. And Skyrim Switch. Yep. I mean, Switch makes sense because that's a console that... Absolutely. Some people will have never experienced Skyrim, and now they can play it on Switch. Like that—that that makes sense. In, this in fact, is kind of like, I mean, it's cool, whatever. Yeah, but, but please stop releasing Skyrim, please. <laughs> I'm yeah. begging you. I will say that uh, my buddy Tony, who has never played Skyrim, is is like, hey, maybe I can finally play Skyrim now that they're releasing it on the Switch because yeah. he's getting a Switch. And more power to him. I'm not saying don't play yeah, it'll it. Yeah, be fun. Please stop re-releasing it. You, you've got everything covered now. Stop. You can fucking stop. <laughs> oh, yeah, especially now that you're putting microtransactions in the game. God damn you don't need to re-release it anymore. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You've opened a fresh wound. That's what I do. That's my job here on Loaded Car Podcast, to open, open wounds in Paul and make him drink. Mission accomplished. Yep. So the next game they showed off was called Star Child, and it was yes, sir. interesting because, well, one, it's a sci-fi game, which is always cool, mm-hmm. but it's also a side-scrolling platformer. Yeah, and I don't. We've had a little conversation about this over like Facebook Messenger for the past couple of days. It's like, do you want to explain your your thoughts on VR? Kind I've of got two two big ones. One, first person seems like the only way to go for VR. If you and I'm happy to be proven wrong if the if games like Moss and Starchild are really good. Cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You've proved me wrong. Fantastic. But it feels like the first person perspective, you're going for a virtual reality. The idea is to mimic reality, mm-hmm. right? Yep. To put you in fantastic situations that you couldn't normally do in reality. A puzzle platformer in VR, it seems like it's a repeat of the Virtual Boy, yeah. which had a lot of those on it. And I don't care to repeat that mistake. Right. It, and I totally get that. My my stance on it is having messed some now with, with Gear VR mm-hmm. with my, my new phone. Um like the way I think this is actually not a terrible thing is the fact that basically because each eye has its own independent monitor, you can pull off 3D images with it without yeah. needing like crazy glasses or whatever. Like, I mean, you just have the shit strapped to your face. Yeah. Um, 
so like the way the 3ds did yeah well so what will be interesting about a side-scrolling platformer is it will be fully in 3d so like you could have this person run forward and backwards and it's literally going to come closer to you and further away from you and you can actually build a little you know like shadow box or whatever and have you know a fully 3d environment inside of it and it it could make for an interesting mechanic uh, I think yeah. Moss is probably going to work a little better. It really just depends on what they do with Star Child. Yeah. So, like, I can totally see where it works just as a, uh, like, it's a really interesting idea, like, it because it would just be a 3D platformer, like, but it's si still side scrolling, but, you know, everything would be, would pop out of the screen and have yeah. three dimensions. And I don't know, could be cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to shit on the game before it comes out. Mm -hmm. I'm just dubious of the concept of a yeah. puzzle platformer. Of a non-first-person game. Exactly. Yeah. Which, totally get it. And speaking of first-person games, uh, the next one is seems to be the survival horror game, The Impatient. Yeah. Which, honestly, I feel like survival horror would be the best genre to be in virtual reality. There are like three million of them. There are There are so many horror mental asylum games <laughs> like that's my joke yet another horror mental asylum game like it's a fun. yeah it's i mean that tells you what you need to know it is it's about a, a mental asylum and it's a horror game it's it's gonna have lots of jump scares it's it's gonna fucking scare your pants off and uh and, and i'm fine with that because yeah. it's a newer experience for me yeah. i've never played a virtual reality game like mm -hmm. that and i feel like if they had had that with say I don't know, amnesia, mm -hmm. I probably would have never slept again. That's what they're all going for, basically, though. Like they're gonna try and they're gonna fail, unfortunately. A lot of them will. Some of them will yeah. succeed. But that but that's the thing, is like it works. It's easier to pull it off with VR because you know your face is in it. Like it's not that you, you don't have the separation of the screen. Yes. Like if yes. you have a headset on and you have the and you have earphones in. Like you're there, <laughs> yep, absolutely. And it it very very super quickly like the the outside world just fucking disappears, and you're just like, okay, I know vaguely where I am in my room, but <laughs> like I'm not really sure how far away my desk is from me right now. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's an interesting idea. It'll be. I mean, it'll probably do really well if it's doing well enough that they're you know pimping it on stage at e3 it's it's probably going to sell pretty good i will say one thing about the next one this game takes one aspect the most ignored aspect of the game and puts it into vr on its own this is the cheapest cash grab i have ever seen in my life okay final fantasy 15 monster of the deep it's a fishing game. I did not get that impression. I got the impression that this is like they promised Final Fantasy 15 VR last year. And I think this is just them putting it in there, but I could be totally wrong. The only like they showed like a good solid two thirds of the trailer was just fishing. Yeah. That was the impression I got. I might be wrong. And either way, it seems like a cheap fucking cash grab. <laughs> I've beaten the game. I don't want to play it again. Like they've got DLC coming out, and I'm like, I'm good. You know, I'm 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 all set. I'm fine. You can you can have that. 
Okay, yeah, it is just a full-on standalone fishing game. Why? Why do you do this, Square? We used to love you. Yeah. I enjoyed Final Fantasy XV. Why do you have to do something like this to me? It comes out in September. There, well, actually, so, you know, slight tangent right now. uh, On the Oculus Store for the Gear VR, one of the top new games right now that's being, like, pimped out is, it's called Bait, and it literally is just a fishing simulator. God fucking damn it. I can go fishing. I don't need to virtual reality fish. But the idea is that it's a, you know, it's a relaxing game. You just, you sit and chill and you, you know. I get it. Flail your arm around around it and catch some fish. With a video game, I want to be able to do things I can't do in reality. Right. Yeah, so one of the things that they seem to do a lot with VR games right now is they like, there's a lot of like meditative experiences where they just, you know, you go, you go to another world and you like literally just sit and look around and you can that's, like, that's fine. Twiddle the plants and <laughs> poke the water and stuff. Like it's, it sounds really, really, really weird. Really fast. Yeah. Like it's just, it sounds really bizarre, but that's like literally what you do. You just go and you sit and you chill and like it plays soothing noises and you use it to like literally just to relax and unwind. But you are still visiting another world. I can't do that in this reality. I can fish in this reality. But can you fish in another world in this reality? It's still fishing, Dan. It's still something I can do here. I can catch a fish. But can you catch Ruby Weapon with the fishing rod? (laughs) So the next game is called (laughs) Bravo Team. And it's a first-person shooter. Yep, it's a military shooter. It looks it actually looked pretty okay. Like I'm I would play it. I'm not gonna buy it for myself, but if I had it given to me, I would play it very much like the Mario game that we talked about. The Mario Rabbids game. Yeah. Like oh, I wouldn't so, I wouldn't put it down. So that, that does beg your question. You you mentioned that you have a PS4 now. Do you have I any do. interest in picking up the PSVR? My problem is these. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can use a VR device with glasses. I'm assuming contacts are not an option for you or they're just well, a pain in the ass option. The said the latter. I, I don't care for them. The, the, these, this is just so much easier. I put them on and I'm done. I can occasionally clean them, but that's it. It, it just, it, if it's going to be a giant hassle to wear a VR device on my face with my glasses, thus negating my glasses mm-hmm. and negating the point of VR, it seems kind of, I lack interest in it because of that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But the game itself looked kind of fun. If I had the inclination and knowing that it wouldn't fuck with my glasses, I probably would pick it up and pick up a couple of games for it. Like Arkham VR was kind of cool. Anyway. Any thoughts on Bravo Team? Um, I mean, it's one of those, like, if you if you're into military shooters you know if you're if you're a call of duty if you're a battlefield person if you, if you like those kind of games this seems like it's kind of right up that alley um it seems well put together too i'm i'm meh on it personally but i i'm not a huge on the call of duty battlefield games so having lived that it seems <laughs> like that would not be your personal forte well that's not necessarily true because i love arma 
and that but that's that's a much more detail oriented yeah, game. It's, it's much more simulator than yes than that is first shooter than arcade. Like, and like yeah. I like some of those games sometimes, but sure, I don't know. It it's just that they never. I don't. It's the multiplayer focus loses it for me a lot because I want a good story sometimes when I'm playing those games, and I don't want to just play deathmatch all the time. And, and that's that's, that's kind of where that's kind of where a lot of those fall down for me. And I having played the more recent Battlefield and Call of Duty games, mm-hmm. there's a surprisingly good story behind them. Like yeah. I I was astonished at how much I enjoyed the story for like Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare Two had mm-hmm. amazing stories yeah well, i play come away from those but yeah I, I, I played through modern warfare i don't know the, if i i think i i stopped at black ops i think that's fair yeah because because those started to that's where it started to fall off yeah um i don't know and that's when they started doing the 120 dollar call of duty games yes. yeah which, which honestly, for the base game, yeah, you pay sixty dollars for the game, thirty dollars for the season pass, and then thirty to forty dollars for the special access. And I was just like, nope, this is my last Call of Duty game. Yeah, I and honestly, I the only reason that either of us would probably pick it up at this point would just be for the story. And at mm-hmm. that point, wait until it comes down in price, which is fucking never. Every Steam sale. Fucking never it comes down in price. I've I've rarely seen those on a Steam sale where it's worth my time. Anyway. Um next one up is uh the another kind of uh, we we talked about this uh, uh during the Ubisoft cast. Uh Moss, which is another PSVR game where you talked about the virtual reality thing where it seems like you're controlling a mouse in third person. It's either that or you're manipulating yeah. the environment around the mouse, kind of like Lemmings, like we talked about. I, I mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah, the what it really looks like to me is that there's a mouse that's playing the game. Like, there's literally just a mouse running around doing its thing. And, and I say this because when you're watching it, you can see, like, little swishes sometimes go through mm-hmm. through the screen. And so, basically, it looks like that you're kind of have a, a a god's eye view you know deity style view of the scenario and you're trying to help the mouse complete its quest so it's doing its thing and you're like creating a path for it and, and you know doing things right. to help it along its way possibly you know alerted to stuff i don't know it looks like a really interesting concept i'm i am intrigued by the premise is what i <laughs> what i said about this because like it is really an interesting idea of like that's another way that i think you can pull off a non-first person game is like you're still in first person your perspective though is that you are you are like a god looking down on what's going on and you're manipulating events for a certain outcome the only thing i can say to that is would it be better with one of these would it be better with a mouse and that's what I'm curious about. Maybe. I, we but won't it, know until we see the game. But I think it would be a different experience. That's the thing. Is it like... Maybe. I don't. I just... Most of the time, whenever I see these, I feel like this could be better with a controller in hand and not with a thing on my face. 
Maybe. And granted, I might be wrong. They might blow <laughs> me out of the fucking water. I'm open to that. I'm just walking in dubious. Mm-hmm. Which is understandable. So, after Moss, there was a random playing of drums and a I, I put it as a high-res PS4 flyby, where it's just like, you know, yeah. <laughs> this PS4 goes like whoosh across the screen. <laughs> this is where the, the VR portion of the, the show ended, and we went yeah. back to regular console, hence the PS4 flyby. Yeah. Uh, and they opened it up with a trailer for God of War 4, and I think it's funny that his kid, like, he's still babysitting his kid. Uh, we get the impression that the mom is dead. Yeah. Um, or at least I got the impression that the mom is dead. So. Uh, and so he, you know, I don't know. He he throws his axe into the water, and uh, Jorman Gander brings it back, yep. <laughs> and says a whole bunch of stuff and Kratos is like the fuck's he saying yeah what's he saying and his kid's like oh he says he wants to help us and it's like okay well that's interesting so my curiosity is if the next couple of games are going to be set in you know the Norse pantheon but featuring Kratos is Kratos going to start Ragnarok that is a good thought I like that and it's possible. Um, in fact, at this point, now that you say that, I'm hoping that's the case because that would be all kinds of chaos and fun. Yeah. Well, because well, the other thing is, is if he, because if he kills Jormungand, cool. like it's it screws up the myth, like completely derails the mythology because Thor's supposed to kill him. Yes, and he kills Thor. Yeah. Like it is mutually assured destruction between those two. And at, this, um, at that point, if he kills Jormungandr, he then, by logic, that logic, starting Ragnarok, he would kill Thor. Well, then he would have to, like, Thor, something else would have to kill Thor. Like, I, I mean, come on, it's got to be Kratos at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But but if, if Jormungand is going to help him, then it sounds like... You know, you have this potential thing of having Kratos, you know, Kratos manipulated by Loki and getting the whole all of the gods versus Kratos and, you know, yeah. trying to take it to the advantage and, you know, I don't know, a backdoor into Ragnarok. Who knows? They're, I have reservations. Yeah. I mean, because you know that that's what it has to be. If if the first three games were him versus the Greek pantheon, and now he's sure. in the North, it's going to be him versus the North pantheon. That's not my reservation, though. Yeah. My reservation is that this is going to be one long escort quest. With his kid? Yeah, well, yeah of course yes. it is. I don't want that. Escort quests are not fun. So, one of the things that I think is eventually going to happen is one of two things is going to happen. Either the kid is going to die and it's going to push Kratos over the edge and he's going to go apeshit. Or Kratos is going to die and the kid is going to take over. Also plausible. Like take up his dad's mantle. Like one of those two things is more likely going to happen. But I mean, it is possible that the kid survives and 
the dad survives and whatever but the just just knowing storytelling stuff you know something is going to happen to one of those two people to push the other one to do something super crazy well it's just like any other story there's the Mm -hmm. rising action the raising the stakes and then the 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 critical point and then the resolution Mm -hmm. conflict crisis resolutions it's storytelling 101 Mm -hmm. not all escort quests are bad Mm -hmm. um just don't be Ico. Well, The Last of Us was amazing. And that was just basically a long escort quest. Mm-hmm. Just don't be Resident Evil 4, where I just want to shoot Ashley every goddamn time. Because she keeps getting kidnapped and losing me the goddamn game. Uh, <laughs> it's been known to happen. I'm decently hyped. I would like to see this be a multiplayer game. Where one player is playing Kratos, the other is playing the kid, and the kid's just kind of picking things off from the back with the with the bow and arrow, and that way he's not fucking useless. Because the entire point of this is for Kratos to turn his kid into a warrior. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the entire trailer is about hyping the, the kid to be to become a warrior like Kratos. Right. And it'd be cool if you could basically have him be on, have a person play while they're going on that mission. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. So the next game that came up was one that we talked a lot about last year. Mm-hmm. And we were both pretty hyped for it last year. Yeah, and it's a completely new trailer and it looks like a completely different game, which is really yeah. weird. But it's Detroit Become Human. And last year the trailer was really cool. And we'll include a link to the last year's trailer in the show notes too. Mm-hmm. Uh the last year it was just this weird like standoff on the roof, and there was an android holding a girl hostage. And you are an android who's also a cop. And it looked like you were stuck in this weird time loop where you had to like repeat the thing, you know, repeat everything Groundhog's Day style over and over and over again until you got it right. Um, kind of like that's the impression I remember from last year. Yeah. Either that or you could rewind to a point where like it might have been there, it wasn't really clear the way the, the way it played out where you were either repeating or rewinding in order to do your choices over again. Yeah. Uh, so now it, you look like you're the protagonist leading a full blown Android revolt where you're trying to free your people from slavery for the humans and your actions matter <laughs> yeah. and it, it shows like this big full-blown riot and stuff at one point in time and all of these androids getting mowed down by riot police and it's just big crazy thing and it's just like how does this new game connect to the other game where you're trying to save someone on a rooftop like how how do these two games coexist like where is the connection? Is there a connection anymore? Did the scope change that much in a year? Like, are they two different stories that are in the same game and we're just only seeing one of them? Like, or, you know, one happens after the other one or something like that. Like, you know, that the like maybe there's multiple stories. Yeah. The rooftop is the beginning of the game and then you're still the cop and you lead this revolt afterwards. Like we don't know anything. It's it. And in fact, if you I watched the trailer, he looks nothing like the guy in this trailer, Marcus. Yeah, like the cop looks completely different, and it's possible that they changed the character to look like this guy. I don't know. Yeah. It's just 
it, it is a very strange departure and we're both very confused yeah i mean they both look like good games absolutely i thought last year's was more interesting mm-hmm. um and this this the one from this year looks more i hate to say stereotypical but more stereotypical from the gaming industry formulaic yeah um I don't know. I I'm willing to see what people think when it comes out and kind of get Feeling more out of it. Out of it. Yeah. yeah. Neither of these so far have any gameplay in them. No. So, you know, take both all of them with a grain of salt. Um, there was a little bit like a, like a brief glimpse of it when it uh, panned out from Marcus talking to the woman and then mm-hmm. it saw you saw Marcus jogging from behind. I felt like that was a little bit of gameplay, yeah. but I might be wrong. It might have just been more cutscene. I don't know. Maybe. No idea. Either way, um, I'm curious about it, but I'm less hype about this version than I was about COP version. Yeah. So, to follow that, they show a new trailer for Destiny 2. Woo! Destiny 2! Yeah, um, story trailer, yeah. no gameplay. It's yeah. out September 6th. That's really all we know. And out October sometime for PC, I think. Yeah, and a bunch of exclusive content is going to be coming to PS4. Yeah, well, don't care about PS4. I, I might I play it, it when it comes out for PC. But I got a report on it. I know. I'm I'm aware. <laughs> and he's back after a fucking half hour. He's finally back and talking <laughs> yeah. about other stuff. Right so so that whole there. time, no one has been on stage. It's been trailer after trailer after trailer. <laughs> and like... So 15 minutes on the stage for three minutes, gone half for half an hour, for more than half an hour. It's like 40 he, minutes, yeah. Then he comes back on stage, is there for like a minute, maybe, maybe yep. a minute and a half. And it's basically like, we have one last thing we really want to show you. We hope you enjoy it. Have a and good then, night. And just like walks off. <laughs> and then boom, Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, honestly, this is probably the most... Breathtaking isn't the word, but it is beautiful because we both noticed this and we both put it down in our notes that it was extremely hard to tell where the cutscene ended and the game began. And that's not something that's... Yeah, I I literally wrote it. This is the exact quote from my notes. Hard to tell what was gameplay and what was cutscene at times. And then like literally I had put in a parenthesis like, so this is a compliment. Like (laughs) I don't want that to be... You know, derogatory because that can be derogatory for some yes, games. It's yes. like it's, you know, like, uh, oh god, this is what in this trailer was cutscene and what in this trailer was potentially gameplay. Yeah. Like, no, this looked like it was just so seamless that it was hard to tell. But they did a the, fantastic job. The downside to that is that holy crap, were there a ton of quick time events, and so I feel like that's it's kind of a negative in a way because mm-hmm. like if you have a hard time telling what's the difference between gameplay and a cutscene, are you always on high alert expecting everything to be gameplay and having to be ready on a second's notice for these random ass quick time events or you know are you going to be hurt by the fact that you're you're sitting back watching what you think is a cutscene and then all of a sudden they you get like 30 quick time events <laughs> and you don't have time to react to any of them because you're similar rain yeah because that that was quick time event the game as we all know um and they had a very similar seamless integration between cutscene and um like they because they used a 
the models with the cutscene, the character models. And yeah, yeah it, it was just it's because that hurt a couple of times me while playing, and there were some quick time events that if you fail, that character's dead permanently throughout the rest of the playthrough. Nice. So don't fuck up. Be on yeah. high alert at all times with that game. Anyway. Um, yeah, it, and it looks like almost... So I can't tell from the quick time events in this. Like, And I, I've watched part of the trailer again. Uh, whether So when, when a quick time event pops up, the button pops up and there's a, there's a circle around it that's contracting, like getting smaller. And I can't tell whether that's like if you don't hit it by the time this contracts, it's too late and you screw up. Or if it's to get the optimal result, click this ring when it's as close as possible to the button shape in the middle. Yeah. I can't tell which that is. And I don't think there's a way to know until you get your hands on the game. The, the combat was a seamless blend between kind of timing buttons and actual but mashing the button to hit your opponent and i thought that was yeah. kind of neat because there were certain quick time little bits in there where you could you didn't have to but you could grab a like grab a piece of rebar concrete mm -hmm. with your web and hit him in the back of the head with it and just basically you had all these options it felt like mm -hmm. and it was just really kind of neat to give you so many options like it's not just a beam up game where you can just run over pick up a weapon and beat your opponent with it no you had the option to grab it from long range and use it as a uh, an improvised projectile yeah and there's a ton of really cool stuff where he was like using his webs to like save the city by like tagging giant construction equipment up against the uh sides of buildings and stuff like that so you're muted by the way paul is looking something up i'm trying to find out if tom holland is the is the voice of spider-man in it because yeah. he's also the actor for um and of course it's not on imdb surprisingly not yet. It's not released yet. But it's almost always an IMDb regardless. Mm. Anyway, um, point is it sounded like Tom Holland, uh, but I don't know. Uh, the, that, that crane destruction scene was freaking sweet, though, where you're climbing across the crane trying to save the people from everything. And I'm wondering what the consequences are if you fuck it up. Like, is it a situation where, oh, shit, you have to go back and play it over again, or you just deal with it? Because that person who was playing it was pretty perfect in that scene. I don't know. Uh, anyway, it, it did say that it'll be out in 2018. And that was the last of Sony's uh, conference. Yep. It was um, really funny when it ended because, like, you could just see people in the crowd, like, looking around, trying to figure out if it was actually over or yeah. not. <laughs> They're very confused. Like, like, a bunch of, like, huh? Was, do I go home now? Yeah. Is that it? But I think it I think it went well. Like again, it was one of those like this is a breath of fresh air because like this it, they just didn't screw around. Like they just showed games and that's what people really want. Yeah. Um best in show for you. Um this one's tougher because it is. They had a lot of good content. Probably, it's probably between Days Gone and Monster Hunter World. Really? Yeah. I have no faith in Spider-Man games anymore. Oh, that's fair. 
I guess. I mean, looking at it, I'm hyped for it. It is not. It's it's between that and Days Gone for me. So Days Gone is a, is our overlap, but it's between Spider Man and Days Gone yeah. for me because Spider Man looked really good. Yeah, it did look good, but I can understand yeah. your hesitation and I can understand your lack of faith completely because <laughs> the Spider Man games, aside from Spider Man Two, on GameCube, everything's been kind of shit. Yeah, the, what makes this one interesting and gives it potential is that it's made by insomniac yep and like i like insomniac me too all right well that's wrapping it up for sony for us um you can find us at podcastloadcartgaming.com i'm at paul clue he runs at shop the viking and at loaded cart and we'll see you next for nintendo yay